Shalom, and welcome to the first Sunday of Advent edition of the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. I'm Richard Lanford. I am the Redheaded Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. And uh, my wife and I actually do not live in Skokie. We live in Chicago. It's about four miles away between where we live and where the church building is located. And this sermon, uh, as you may have read, is called Putting on the Armor of Light. And I'll explain why I chose that title and where it comes from. And uh, I hope you enjoy the message. I, uh, it's a little shorter, which means what I was thinking is, okay, I think I've made my point without playing it out too long. It's long enough. And so kind of like... There's a little bit of both. There's an accumulation of what I'm building on, but there's also what Fred Craddock called the takeoff, which is a style of preaching where you taxi on the runway, you're, you're going, you're moving, and you're building up to the takeoff. All of that work is for the takeoff at the end. And so if I've succeeded at the end of the sermon, it'll sort of all fall together. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping for. Um, to the point that I was kind of excited about this. And that's why I kept it shorter. I thought, well, I'm making my point, I hope, and I'm going to stop. So our uh, our lector, Annie Nortz. So here we go with the scriptures from Isaiah, Romans, and Matthew for putting on the armor of light. Our first reading is Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall shall not lift up sword against nation, but neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This ends the reading from the prophets. Our next reading is our epistle lesson. It is Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. Paul is giving lifestyle exhortations as part of being ready for Jesus' return. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is gone, is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, 
Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This ends reading from Romans. Will those who are able please rise for the gospel reading? We know the season of Advent begins with warnings and calls to change your ways. Jesus here gives a teaching about those end of days. It is from Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. Jesus is speaking to the disciples as the passage begins. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken, one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have left his house to be broken into. Therefore, you must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Here ends the reading of the Gospel and the scriptures for this morning. May God grant us a wise and faithful understanding of this, the Word of God, for the people of God. One of my clergy colleagues uh, once shared how she imagined people that she was praying for. She imagines them seated in a glow of golden warmth and light as if on a heavenly comfy chair surrounded by this glow and maybe the glory of God. I was taken by that image and I wish I called upon it more often when I prayed for people. Another image that I became drawn to while working on this sermon is found in our epistle lesson. Paul wrote, as we heard Annie read, Besides this, you know what time it is, how how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. The armor of light. I imagined, when I started to let this phrase sink into me, I imagined each of you sitting where you are shining beautifully because every one of you are wearing that armor of light. You follow the Apostles' exhortation, which in its own way is following those of Jesus in the Gospel lesson, as you wear or continue to put on this armor of light. Having woken to the imminent presence of Christ in the kingdom, we wear that wherever we go, even if we forget about it. And you and I do forget. It's human nature. People forget. There's a reason why Jesus told the disciples to break the bread and drink the cup in remembrance of him. There's a reason why Jesus urged his followers 
to stay and keep awake because he knows how we can be. If not simply forgetful, we can be easily distracted, drift away, or even be seduced away by a voice that sounds familiar to the good news but turns out to be otherwise. Well, for now, let us think of ourselves sitting together wearing this God-given armor of light that is shining. It's comfortable, it's uh, easy to move around in, but extraordinarily resilient and resistant to external circumstances which would try to penetrate it and damage our faith, our love, our hope. As we sit in the armor, let me refer back quickly to verses, other verses from Romans 13. Paul said for us to put on the armor of light, but also a few words later said to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So it seems to me that to put on the armor of light is the same as putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Well, what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. My Oxford Annotated Study Bible has the answer, or an answer. The annotation says, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ is to enter fully into the new order of existence which God has created through Christ. To enter fully into the new order of existence which God has created through Christ. As you and I wear the armor of light, we have entered fully into the new order of existence which God has created through Christ. So, a new order of existence? Sounds like a phrase from a textbook to me. Oh yes. But what did we think God was doing in giving us Jesus, whose birth we are on track to celebrate now that we're in Advent? in handing him over to death on a cross and then raise him from the dead. Is it, was it to maintain or reinforce the status quo which in the Roman Empire meant that mercy was considered a character defect? Now we know better than that. Our faith is, as Rich pointed out in his reflection, a resurrection faith. One that sees life come out of death. One that believes God will make a way somehow. That love is the highest law, and forgiveness received is to be revealed and forgiveness offered. The prophets are full of God's vision of this new order of existence. We heard it in Isaiah, where God, Isaiah spoke of God's judgment of the nations, followed by this reign of instruction and peace and security, where for our contemporary ideas of understanding nuclear silos, are pounded into tractors to help plant and grow food for those who aren't getting enough. Because there's peace. It's a new order that Christ has come to institute. It's change. And yet you and I know that this life is not easy. Even as the light shining from the armor of light that by grace we put on is ultimately from Christ, it does not mean that putting on the armor of light or putting on the Lord Jesus Christ is always uncomplicated 
or without competition. We do have to deal with discouragements to our hopes, weariness in our various trials, have other voices in our ears, and have to navigate all the changes that are going on about us, if not also within us. Well, speaking of changes, last Sunday I touched on cultural shifts affecting how folks do or may no longer do church. Hybrid church, and not just hybrid worship, is here to stay. Digital ministry has other formats, too. For example, one UCC pastor slash leader recently came out with proposals, suggestions for UCC ministers to, get this, do podcasts. (laughs) Because more people listen to podcasts than come to worship. Score one for us being on top of that. But change itself can be something which gets in our way of the change built into putting on the armor of light, of entering fully into this new order of existence which God created through Christ. And those kinds of changes can frighten us away from a faithfulness in the future. Those kinds of of, uh, changes that can... They can intimidate us or overwhelm us or depress us. Not all change is good. Some change, though, is good and also is necessary. A change that, but necessary, period. As I say, you or me putting on the armor of light is a change. A change God works in our hearts. A change we embrace. And with this change, you and I are enabled to see some of these shifts as reasons for hope. It's a positive change within us, not to be feared, because it comes from the greatest love in the universe. Some shifts beyond those within are opportunities to be perceived by those with the spirit of discernment. Now here I am talking about things like changes and shifts which might interfere or worse with our putting on the armor of light, entering fully into the new order of existence from God in Christ. Okay, I'm talking about changes and shifts which might interfere or worse, but we've got the internal shift by the grace of God. So what about the passages themselves? What do they seem to be talking about when it comes to entering fully into that, as in when the day of the Lord comes, as in the return of the Son of Man? Am I ignoring that? Well, we understand that the church has been looking and waiting for this day of the return of the Son of Man since the first century A.D. Our Jewish brothers and sisters have awaited Messiah since way before then. So we may approach these passages saying Christ is coming soon with some skepticism, or better, an awareness that our forebears in faith might have been wrong about time as we think about time, Or another perspective, I like to refer to Hebrews chapter 1, where the writer refers to the coming of Jesus as in his birth. And in that context says that since then we have been in the last days. So based on that, we are in the last days, according to Hebrews 1. Since Christ was born, the last days began. And so, we also know 2 Peter 
chapter 3, verse 8, which says that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like one day. So, with that way of computing, it's only been a couple of days in God's counting well, since the ascension. We ought to still be on alert. But we do not know when that will be or how, just how it will occur. When asked about knowing when the second coming is, as I used to a little more often than I am now, uh, I've always said that it does not matter to me when the Lord returns, because no one can know about that but God. What matters is if I'm living a life that is ready to meet him, as hopefully he's growing in me by faith through grace. So far, every Christ follower looking for the apocalyptic coming of the Son of Man, who is no longer walking the earth, has had their own meeting with the Lord when they died. So my point of view also goes for being ready to meet him upon death. Because that might be more likely the way the day of the Lord comes for us. Am I ready for that? Are we? Even though this is not quite what Jesus and Paul were talking about when they talked about the return, in the meantime, all we can do is try to live putting the armor on, the armor of light, wearing the armor, for whenever either event comes. So to me, putting on the armor of light, entering fully into the new order of existence which God created through Christ, being awake and prepared, this new order of life, this new order of a new life, starts with how we live these days on earth. It's all from God. And as we like to sing, living these days on earth, being in this new order, they will know us by our love. United Church of Christ pastor Cheryl Lindsay points us to an aspect of Jesus' teaching which can give us hope to our weary but glowing souls. Specifically, she points to when Jesus said, keep awake therefore. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. Prompted by this image of this landowner figuring somebody might be breaking in, in fact, I'm going to treat that as a real probability. I'm going to be ready and waiting. Prompted by this image, she asks, and I quote, What if we treat the possible as probable? Like the property owner who guards against intrusion. What if we choose the possible as probable and follow the way of the kingdom on earth as in heaven? Because the new order of existence is not business as usual anymore. How could it be when the Son of God is born to lie in a manger lined with straw? How could it be when he dies only to be raised again and says that where he is there we will be also? It's time to wake up again spiritually if we have fallen asleep or fell away or wore out for a while. It's time to lay down despairs which keep us from hoping for a better more peaceful and just world 
which might be in some of these shifts where God is at work, and put on the armor of light and wear it. Reverend Lindsay wrote, Perhaps the challenge of our age is to find the joy in turning toward God, to walking humbly, to loving mercy and doing justice. The vision Jesus gives seems grim, she acknowledges, but like the days of Noah, it's the promise of a reset that enables a renewal, a refreshing, a restoration of God's good creation. What if we hope the possible is probable and stay alert? That would be putting on and keeping on the armor of light or putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. It would be for you, me, and St. Peter's United Church of Christ to enter fully into the new order of existence which God has created through Christ, where we can face changes and shifts with grace and courage, where we see openings for hope and see possibilities as probabilities for God's will to be done. God does still have work to be done, and God still is at work in the world. Let us stay alert, though, and wear that armor of light, or we might miss it. Amen. Now that we have officially entered the season of Advent, the season of sharpening the axe, as it were, before cutting the tree down, the t season of preparation. I'm borrowing an image from Abraham Lincoln. He said, if you give me six hours to cut down a tree, I'll spend four hours of that sharpening my ax, which tells us about the importance of preparation prior to the actual event. Such is the importance of Advent, and we've entered into it now. And I hope you'll come with us on every Sunday morning of the way as we march through the scriptures and the journey of Advent bringing us at last to Bethlehem and the manger because there was no room at the inn for the Son of God. And it is only through him we can put on the armor of light. I hope you'll come and join us next week whenever you're able to uh, for December 4th, even if it's several days after December 4th. We understand how that goes and we're always grateful for all who tune in and listen. May God bless you. And may God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.